So, welcome to the inaugural edition of Football Fights. The premise is simple. I'll be fielding football-related questions to a panel of experts, and they'll find out, for the most part verbally, I hope, to be crowned champion of this rather snazzy belt. Edit for effect. Yeah, we'll go. <laughs> I'm Alice. I've had a few, Mac. Let me introduce this weekend's contestants. With a chin like Jimmy Hill, and the first touch like Jimmy Savile, he wants the title belt purely for fashion purposes. It's Daniel, does my chin look big in this? Joseph, I need a new belt buckle muckle. Allergic to eggs, nuts, oxygen, and group stage wild cards. It's Aaron, the anaphylactic shocker, Graydon. I'll have the final decision. Quality of answer and passion of delivery will score highly. Low blows and bad puns are welcome. So we're going to start off nice and simply, lads. Best ever Premier League January transfer. I'm sure there'll be no controversy here. So directly on my left, if Dan could start, please. So I am going for the £7 million bargain. Only the second scariest looking defender Man United have ever had. Nemanja Vidic. Interesting. Could you elaborate on why? Uh well, Man United hadn't won anything for three years before he joined. Uh, what followed was five Premier League titles, a Champions League, a bunch of League Cups, which I mean they'd be gagging for right now, Man United fans. Just the League Cup factor. So yeah, I just think with what he won, the fact that he gets into Premier League all-time 11s, all that sort of stuff, has to be the best January transfer ever. Surely, surely Aaron can't think of anyone better than that. Sounds like a strong start, but do you have anything where you could pick that apart and well, rubbish what he's just said? Uh, well, yeah, I think another defender for, and that's my choice, is going to be what was your seven million yeah. minus the seventy-five million pound defender Virgil Van Dyke. What a waste of bloody money! So uh, at the time, I mean, Liverpool had went even longer without a league title. <laughs> And uh, they weren't doing too... They were on the up, but they weren't doing as bad as what Man United were. And uh, Virgil van Dijk came, was one of the missing pieces to the puzzle, and dominance over... Dominance? Absolute dominance, one Premier League title. But also the points total, um, and... What, that points total when they finished second, that one? Oh yeah, over two, oh, buzz in, buzz, all them scouts as well, buzz yeah. in. Over two seasons. <laughs> <laughs> that your scouts impression? Who's trying to <laughs> um, But also Champions League as well, so... Yeah, I mean, Vidic got to three Champions League finals in four years, winning one, and let's be honest... The goat Messi absolutely ripped him apart in two, and that wasn't that's yeah. not his fault. You could have had you could have had prime Baracy Beckenbauer at centre back yeah. in those games in that combination of Messi, Iniesta, Yaya to read the back. Well, speaking of someone that kept Messi quiet, when Liverpool came back to beat Barcelona, the comeback win in, in Anfield, Messi did he was he even on the pitch? What was about the first leg of that game? How many did they concede then? I'm on about the second of the yeah. comp. Oh yeah, cherry it's, picking, it's, cherry picking your stats there, Aaron. I love it. Go over the course. Should have got beat four nil. Should have got beat four nil if Usman Dembele could finish his dinner, but didn't. I, th- I think as well when you look at it, not only did Zvidic win a considerable amount of more titles, that Man United team 
It's probably the best Man United team of our lifetime. Um, and that, that I think that includes the treble team. I know that Gary Neville always says that's sort of the best team, but they hadn't won anything for three years. They bring him in and it's borderline instant success and it's consistent success. And obviously, look, Van Dijk's had his Premier League and he's had his Champions League, but that's it. And I mean, that's fantastic. As Newcastle fans would give our left nut <laughs> just, just for a quick glimpse at one of those. But when you look at just how much Vidic won, but there's also the fact that your player cost 75 million. Um, they've not been able to buy anyone since, really. So, uh, And also, at the same time, I think it was the, the summer transfer window before, or it was the sorry, it was the summer transfer window after Van Dyke. They brought in Alison Becker. Yeah. And I think that has such a massive impact on Liverpool's success because Liverpool obviously they got to the Champions League final with Van Dyke, lost. Um yeah, he played well, he played all right, conceded three goals. I don't think there was much you can do about Gareth Bale's eighty yard in the air overhead kick and the two howlers by the keeper. Absolutely granted, but still lost the game. They won the Champions League when they brought in the best keeper in the Champions League for Roma that previous season. And then they won the league again with Becker. In my opinion, he is the best keeper in the league. Mm -hmm. He's been the best keeper in the league the last three or four years. I know there's a sort of debate, him or Edison, uh, have a long shot at Edison and it's probably going in. And he can't really demand his area very well. He's great with his feet, but so what? Um, I think with that, Van, it was that that double signing that really really helped solidify Liverpool's defence, and then they've got those two titles and they've won nothing since. Um, or I mean, the one what did they win the European Super Cup against you against see. Chelsea? They're like I mean, that's yeah. like the charity shield of Europe. Like I'm not counting. <laughs> Whereas Vidic, seven million. Imagine buying the Mania Vidic for seven million. Imagine anyone. But can I just interject there? There's a number of years have passed between those two signings, and obviously transfer fees have gone astronomical in the meantime. Yeah. Are they comparable? Would you say? Yeah. So, I would say reason. I did a little bit of research into it. The reason that Liverpool had to pay so much was because their sixty million bid in the summer broke down, and Liverpool weren't in a solid, challenging position. They had to try and get top four. Uh, Klopp had picked Van Dyke out and he was like I, I want this player and so the, at the time it was a world record fee for a defender and then Harry Maguire came along yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but, but I think as well um, I, that's a very valid point about the 7 million <laughs> I don't know how much that would be now well, with Man you, United tax if you look at it if Rio Ferdinand was there before Nemanja Vidic and he was the world transfer record, or will certainly Premier League record for a defender at, oh, I want to say 28. It was 28, 30 or 32. I can't remember which one. Fact check me. Let's say, even let's just say 28. I'll give you a hand. It was 28 million. Several years before Vidic, and that means Vidic cost 21 million less than the other defender in there. Like, I think after, after his career at Man United, or a few seasons into his career at Man United, then yes, he's a, He's a real Ferdinand value player in terms of how much money you'd go and spend on him. But I think the equivalent nowadays is literally we've signed a £25 million or 
five million euro player from someone in Eastern Europe that's doing okay in the Champions League. They've had a good Champions League group stage or something like that. I think that's literally the equivalent. Um, Was anyone else brought in in that same transfer period or a couple of transfers either side that could have also helped? Definitely not true, Seth. He wasn't wasn't brought in that January at all. So, uh, I mean, to be fair... He actually wasn't very good his first six months at Man United. That's the thing as well, is that the unit around Man United, having Vidic and Ferdinand together, like if Vidic, granted he did What are you trying to say about Dejan Lovren, mate? Come on, just say it. Get it out there. <laughs> Tell everyone he's not the best defender in the world. I'll get there, trust me. <laughs> when Vidic would get the occasional red card, uh, he also had... A great pressing system in Ma- in Manchester. There was the kind of the fear factor around Old Trafford, and the thing is, like, we've seen the whole span of Vidic's uh, career in Man United yet. Van Dijk's is only like three or four seasons old, so and he's way behind. He's currently way behind Vidic. How long was Vidic there? Five, five years, six years, six years. But also, and I, I'm sure he's there for six years. Oh, no, he might have been there longer. You have to fact check that. But he won, he won more titles than he didn't win more titles. But also, you say a great pressing system. What you're going to tell me, Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool team got a rubbish press. So best pressing team in the league. I mean, Salah is awful breaking the goal scoring record in a single season for any player. Yeah, I mean, really, really terrible players, Aaron. Um, no, no. So seven world record fee on the goalkeeper. Shocking. So shocking. <laughs> I mean, you've just like. I don't want to spoil anything for later, but there might be a talk of best best fullbacks, and I'm I'm sure someone might be trying to convince me that Liverpool's best uh, full, sorry, the best fullback in the world is Liverpool's. I'm playing the tactics here, and I mean, <laughs> I, I think the one on the other side might be even better. So we can't like comparably. Yes, Man United, fantastic defense. Liverpool, fantastic defense. Man United, fantastic forwards. Liverpool, fantastic forwards. I think as far as teams go, um. They are absolutely both brilliant. I mean, that Man United team were sensational to win that many titles, three on the spin, to get to three out of four Champions League final, only getting beaten by what many believe to be the best club team in history for two of them. Um, they, they were they were fantastic, but he was that final piece of the jigsaw because they were struggling. And like I say, they hadn't won anything in three years. Man United at the time they were an absolute force to be reckoned within the Premier League destroyed all of my hopes and dreams as a Newcastle fan. They've battered other teams' hopes and dreams throughout the years. There's a reason why they're so universally hated in England, because they've won everything and ripped all <laughs> everything apart. Yeah. Um, and it was great not seeing them win anything for three years. The buy of it, seven million. They, put, they did buy Evra. He was not very good for the first season, Patrice Evra. He took a little bit of time to bet it, and then, yeah, absolutely fantastic. Maybe the second or third best lack best left back the, the Premier League's ever seen after after Ashley Cole who's got the mm-hmm. speed winner um, so yeah I, I don't think ever had too much of an effect that first year and I mean even that Man United team 2008 had Wes Brown playing at right back Gary Neville was sort of coming at the end he was injured a lot so they put Wes Brown in who was a centre back who then went on to play for and get relegated with Sunderland so it's not like actually they had this amazing amazing defence obviously they had two fantastic defenders 
in Van der Sar is an excellent goalkeeper. I think as well, they actually have, between the three of them, the record for most consecutive Premier League clean sheets, beating Chelsea's 2014 with Petr Cech, Carvalho and Terry, and the longest amount of minutes for clean sheets. And he's in that defence. Very true, the very true. <laughs> for seven million! Forgive me for not remembering, I've lost a few brain cells since Vidic <laughs> was knocking about, but were Man U known particularly at that point of the their current team for having a leaky defence. I can remember, obviously, when Vidic came in, they were scoring ample goals, but they were losing 4-3s, they were losing 5-2s, ridiculous scores. It was their defence that was clearly the problem. Is that what you would say was uh, the case what I remember, Manu? yeah, I mean, I'm sure they got beaten in the semi-finals of the FA Cup off Portsmouth at one point with, uh, with the sort of defenders that they had. I can't really remember, I mean, this says a lot, I can't really remember who the defenders were. I think it was a Johnny Evans, perhaps. Um, before before Vidic came in. Like I say, they had Wes Brown in there. John O'Shea would have been knocking around at the time. Um, I think, I'm sure they had people like Gabriel Hense at the, at the club. They were, playing, a bit before, yeah. they were playing, they played Fletcher and Carrick as centre-backs at times. They, they were struggling. They did have some out-and-out defenders. There were some injuries. They had to like sort of knock some other people about. Um, but yeah, they, they weren't overly settled. They did concede goals, um, which was which was the main the main issue that they had because they had Wayne Rooney up front still. Uh, Ronaldo was sort of building up, and even before that 2008 season, you had a couple of seasons. I think he was on 20 goals a season, so he wasn't doing badly. Um, so yeah, I I think he really solidified that defense. He became a partner with Ferdinand. He's won PFA. Team of the Years, Defenders of the Years, FIFA Pro uh, World Elevens, which is notoriously difficult for Premier League players to get into that FIFA Eleven because it's consistently been La Liga from the turn of the century. So, yeah, I I think he's the outstanding choice. Seven million, what he did for Man United, the amount of trophies that he won when they went three years without them, the consistency the legacies left behind, the fact that people now put him and Ferdinand as the best centre-back partnership of all time in the Premier League, I think, speaks for itself to turn them around in the way the way that he did. It was very unexpected. Like Before he came, I'd never heard of him. I was like, oh, who's this kid? And I remember he scored a header in these like, first few games. I was like, wow, who's, who's, who are they assigned to? Who's this lad? Mm-hmm. Uh, Nat Phillip vibes. Yeah, when... So a lot of comparisons between the two. I've actually seen a few stat pages in terms of their best seasons, and like Van Dyke's best season when they won the the title, and Vidic's, and the stats are really really close. Something with uh, Van Dyke though in that season is that he was never dribbled past. So in terms of one to one defending and not defending as a unit which obviously Man United had a very good unit. But Van Dijk, I think he had six different partnerships. So he wasn't able to build that partnership with another defender the same way that Ferdinand and Vidic were. Uh, also, he has to deal with the fullbacks going on their own separate mission. And he had uh, to cover it. Alisson did play a massive part, and I, I fully agree with that. But the fact that he was never dribbled past for the, that whole season is... Uh, I think just shows as a if you were against Van Dyke, there was only going to be that one winner, and especially when the Premier League is a bit more 
attacking and a little bit more balanced, I'd say that is what makes him stand out a little bit more. Yeah, that that was a wasn't that a Premier League stack? in the Champions League didn't uh, Huang, who now plays for Wolves, that was put him on his arse and smash it into the top corner. That smile. We do a Champions League podcast, Aaron. No, it's so a rhetorical that was, question. That was the season after. His that. kit was filthy after <laughs> Huang did that because he soiled himself and the grass was particularly muddy that so day. So that was this that was the season after, if I remember correctly, because that was when we started to know about this stat. Because a couple of games into the season, you're probably not gonna be like, Oh, he's never been driven past yet. It was the like it was this that was the season that won the league. Because they won the Champions League first, didn't they? They won the mm-hmm. Champions League then it was the season that won the league. That. Yeah, so it was. Yeah, so that that I'm just saying the he had that season. I'm saying he had that season where you didn't get dribbled past. Yeah, which I think was the one where the Champions League. I think if you get chinned by a Magnum as well, that's got to be a point against you. Like, yeah, <laughs> come on. I'm not against that. I'll just put that out there. However, <laughs> can I draw fact to the fact that Vidic came in? Man, you hadn't won anything for three years. How do you feel the whole? Remind me, how long was it Liverpool had waited? Wasn't it Before, 35 years? I think 35. Was, yeah. Do you feel it? No, was it not? Yeah, no, actually, no, yeah. I think it was, was it 1989? 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 1989- 
Yeah, but I mean, that, is there's a commodity on the top. Round, there's yeah. a commodity on the top four. I mean, top four wasn't as big of a deal back then as it is now. Like financially, yeah, yeah they've always been successful. They've always been a good team. There's, they've always been a team that you like. You, you didn't you want to go. You don't want to go to Anfield, like yeah. And to be fair, Liverpool so rightly given Newcastle a very good hiding in the city of the spark as well. They're not a team that I like us playing because they tend to be us. Uh, it's, not, it's not slagging off Liverpool, it's not saying they're not a bad team, but let's be honest, it was more of a surprise when Liverpool won the league than didn't win the league. Or, or maybe like not so much after the season before with the Man City title race. That's when we thought, wow, okay, now how are we going to respond? This is going to be amazing. But before then, it was like, I, I remember when in, it was 2013 when it was Liverpool lost at the Man City it was a surprise to everyone that Liverpool were top of the league with like four or five games to go. Yeah. Let's be honest. And they had a great team. But before the season started, Norman, oh, Liverpool will be in pole position to win the league this year um, at all. Like with the years before that, but the years after that, before sort of Klopp managed to really dig his teeth into the team, and especially the state that Brendan Rodgers sort of left it in. Um, so, yeah, I think it was... It was a bit of a. It was what it was more important because this is. It's just the best January transfer. I think it was so important to get Villich in because if they didn't bring him in, Man United would have turned into Liverpool. Then in two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight, instead of like when Sir Alex Ferguson left. In between that time, I think Sir Alex Ferguson won six league titles. To combat that, I would say though that because of the way that Sir Alex Ferguson coached. He probably would have been able to turn another defender to that high caliber because he made players who are mediocre look unreal. While Klopp, yeah, I mean, he made Eric Jemba Jemba look absolutely class. That Cleverson like, in the middle, he's classed with the brass. Then he did but there's Fabregas, that one. Yeah, but I more, mean, I remember so many banners that he scored. But there's more successes, and I feel like Vidic maybe been the top target, but I reckon he would have had a few others. Klopp had pinned all of his hopes on Van Dijk to the point where he paid that world record fee to the point where they approached him illegally. To tr- that's why the transfer broke down this <laughs> summer. Um, so they had basically pinned all of their hopes on Van Dijk. There was no other option. You pinned all your hopes on an illegal transfer, Aaron. How does this make you feel? <laughs> I mean, it was illegal in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> can go through, so it's fine. <laughs> and so um, I think. If I remember correctly, Vidic left before Ferguson, correct? Yes, he did. He so did. that means after Vidic left, they still won the league? Yes. Whereas when Van Dijk was out, you saw the collapse of Liverpool. I mean, they'd only went one season without winning the league to that Man City team that won it in the 94th minute. Drew in the 92nd and won it in the 94th. So they had... One season where they didn't win the league. Liverpool with Van Dijk have had a season not winning the league. They're probably not going to win the league. But like this I said, it's, all, it's also going back to that earlier point, though, where. Yeah, I think obviously we've had half of Village's life cycle now with Van Dijk. So he's. I'm sure what this is. This is three and a half years, is it? Four years? Three years this January, whatever it is. So we've had that. We've had half his life cycle. And. Vidic, I think by this point in Van in Van Dijk's career, had won three league titles, just off the spin. 
in again, it's it's the be- it's the best transfer. I think you've got to look at it from everything that a transfer brings in as well. So if we're looking at it this way, Man United only spent seven million versus seventy five. If we put the players on par, seventy five to seven. They bought them from abroad, which means they didn't give another Premier League club seventy-five million to spend. And then they obviously we don't know what's going to happen to Van Dijk, so it's impossible to sort of judge. But they did sell Vidic to Inter Milan, so they recouped some of that seven million back. So it didn't even cost them that. Obviously, he would have paid wages, and that's the thing. Vidic would have been on monumentally less wages. Than Van Dyke, like I think money Van... money's totally different now. Though. Uh, yeah, that's true. But again, Vidic wouldn't have been on as much as Rio Ferdinand. So if we can, it's great that we can use Ferdinand as an example because he was the most expensive defender in the world at one point. Um, and when Vidic came in, he was winning the applauds over Ferdinand. He was winning the the PFA Defender of the Year award over Ferdinand. So he was. It's like Liverpool buying someone now, literally for twenty five million in the turnout. To, win things over Van Dijk which is crazy but yeah it's not just who is the best player I just think everything about the transfer what success it had on the team the the fact that it rejuvenated a dying Man United so that they had another best part of a decade of success before this I don't know how many years is now eight is it eight years that they haven't won in 2013, I think was the last title that they won. It's almost 10. So, yeah, um, I, he he was one of the driving forces that stopped that from happening, which was so important at the time. That's we've heard a lot. Some of it are tabolics, but other <laughs> make very good points. Is there anything that either of you feel you've missed out you'd like to, to add? Or can we, think, we wrap up some specific points? I think we are talking about if we end up looking back at the whole Premier League era, we probably are trying to compare two of the best yeah. defenders that there's been. Uh, probably just had John Terry and we're probably talking about greatest defender. Yeah. So, um, it's all up to you. All up to you, <laughs> Oh, that's a bit of a cop-out, isn't it? <laughs> Anything you've got to add, Dan? I think I've said all that needs to be said. You've said a fair I've bit. Said it, I've fair. said a lot. I've said a lot. Fantastic. Well, through the magic of editing, yeah. I come back to you with my decision. Thank you, lads, both Aaron and Dan. Um, lots of good points, I have to say. Delivered with lots of fire and gusto. I've got to say, I've based this one on, because in terms of the points that you made, all very valid. found it very hard to split the pair of you. But I'd, I think I've gone with Dan and the mania on this one. Now, very narrowly, I have to say, but based on the passion of delivery, and the sporadic use of sarcasm. Big fan of it. <laughs> so well done. I'm happy with that. I thought I might have lost the points for accidentally singing the Anderson song instead of the Cleverson song <laughs> for a moment there. I just, faux pas on my part. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. I hope you've caught your breath. I know that was exhilarating. <laughs> 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 Will you pipe down? I'm trying to be, <laughs> trying to be quite serious here. <laughs> I think we'll. I think we'll move on, shall we? Because swiftly, rather swiftly. Let's not. Who is the best fullback in the Premier League? Currently. 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 Yeah. Uh, I think it's quite easy. Uh, Trent Alexander Arnold. Pretty easy. I think this one will be a quick one. 
pretty easy to get the answer wrong. Like, it's pretty easy because it's just such a bad answer. Pretty easy. Absolutely. For me. Yeah. I'm going for Reese James. Uh, yeah, I think he's been outstanding this season. I thought he was great last season. And, uh, you know, tends to tends to actually get a game for England. Like Trent Alexander-Arnold. Well, I'll let you start, Aaron, properly with your opening statement. I hope you impress us both. You've got to claw this back somehow. Let's go. So, over the two seasons... I'm joking, I won't rehash the other Van Dyke <laughs> arguments. So, um, Trent Alexander-Arnold, the fullback position has changed a lot over the years. So we've got, I think we've had players in the past, like Danny Alves, Marcelo, who always, always, always win like FIFA teams of the year. And yet people were like, oh, they weren't the best defensively. So but Trent Alexander-Arnold, in terms of the history of the Premier League, he has the he's currently second in the most amount of assists provided from the fullback position and he's only twenty four. So uh, I think he's only like fifteen away from actually beating that record. And so that's a lot of what the modern fullback has to do. Uh, in terms of FPL, he's a lot more expensive, which also says a lot. <laughs> um and so um with Alexander Arnold though, in terms of attacking threat a lot more people are scared of him than Reese James how many goals has Alexander Arnold got this season from the Premier League three I think two two Reese James has four mind. but he's got no attacking threat apparently Reese James who did them goals come against does it matter who, who, who's, 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 who's Trent Alexander Arnold scored against? Is Trent taking the corners and free kicks from those positions or is that yeah. where yeah. is that where James has scored the predominant so, so James, James hasn't scored a free kick this season. Trent, I mean, as in from deliveries has, from out wide or no? Nah, James is just bombing on. He gets in the box, scores goals. I think he might have scored from a corner against Newcastle. But um, yeah, in terms of in terms of Reese James, everything you've said about Trent is true for Reese James. Obviously, except for the number of assists, he can't choose. That he doesn't get a pass to Sadio Mane and Mo Salah. But also Rhys James doesn't get a regular game for Chelsea. Well, he does and he has this season. Obviously, he's been injured. But in terms of him actually playing this season when he's fit, he's he's like first name on the team sheet. He's even been trying to shoehorned into centre midfield. Tuchel finds him that important to the team. Dropping club, dropping club captain. I think that has more to do. I mean, who's Trent Alexander Arnold got to challenge him at all? Nico Williams. Oh, what, what a player! I mean, and don't disrespect. He's never Nico getting Williams. dropped in a million. Years. In fact, I think he did get dropped at one point. He got dropped. And what, what I'm taking as sort of far currently was the calendar year for me of of twenty twenty one. In Trent was getting dropped. Got dropped from international teams. At the end of last season, he wasn't very good. He was very bad. He was not a good footballer last season. He was getting slated. And one sort of thing that um, I'm sure, like we can only pick one player each, but I think there'll be maybe some people watching that are going, didn't pick Jao Cancelo. And I think you're thinking the same thing as me with Jao Cancelo in terms of fantastic against weaker opposition, standard opposition, absolutely fantastic. Put him up against anyone with any real quality, and Jao Cancelo gets found out very 
very quickly, like you did against Mo Salah in the 2-2 draw. Like, we were absolutely hammering him for against PSG when he got dropped uh, in that Champions League second leg semi-final. Trent's that kind of player. He did not have a good time in the European Super Cup against Chelsea uh, a couple of years ago. He carried on that form last season. I don't think he was particularly great. Yeah, he got a few assists, whatever. Fantastic. Don't really care. He's a right back. Um, but when you see him play against really good players, he's not very good. Whereas Rhys James actually is. Like You could put Rhys James up against a Neymar and not really be that concerned. You put Trent and you, you're, you're very worried. You're like, mm, maybe you shouldn't get up too far this time. In terms of his delivery, he, um, a couple of like stats. He's got the um, he's got the highest amount of forward attempted passes in the league. Trent, uh, he's got sixteen more, I think, per ninety than Rhys James, and yet only successfully completes three more passes in a game, which shows that he's very much a. I've got the ball. I'm gonna whip it in and see who it hits. And a lot of the time, it doesn't pay off. Whereas Rhys James on the ball is statistically far, far better than Trent Alexander-Arnold. Both in progressive passes and keeping possession of the ball. Also defensively, in every metric other than interceptions, the only metric Trent is better at, at defending, is, is interceptions. Everything else, tackling, pressing, and that is statistics I can, when we're not recording, get my phone and show you those statistics if you like. Well, in fact, what we'll do is if you can edit them, I've got like a nice little side-by-side side so they can see where they actually fall. We won't use that for now because who needs facts when we've just got pure passion and sarcasm? Can I ask, Aaron, so in terms of progressive passes, they're being classed as forward passes, do you feel that's as important as decisive passes between the two? Do you feel one is creating more chances? Is like You can't have that many forward passes because... Like, it's who you're passing it to and the the difficulty of the pass. Like, Salah, Firmino and Mane are not going to out-jump the ones who Chelsea have up front. It's all about. Plus... Mane scores loads of headers. Like, he gets... Mane's got a leap on him. Is that because of the precision of the pass? Or is that because... I mean, look, I'm not saying Trent Alexander-Arnold can't pass a ball, but I'm... No, but but it's a lot of these forward passes. It's nonsense to say, A, by the way, A, it's nonsense to say that Mane can't score a header when... Or it doesn't even have to score a header. A lot of the time... What percentage of Liverpool's goals are Mane's headers? It doesn't have to be a header. It's a cross. It's a progressive pass. So the ball can come in. How many times does Mane get in at the back post? Absolutely loads. Just like Robertson. But that's more of a sideways a, pass. I'm on a forward pass. No, but it's still a forward. It's a forward cross. It's a it's a progressive pass. It's, it's, a progressive pass is defined by getting closer to the goal. No, because so a, with... a, pro, a pass in providing it goes towards the goal. But when let's say I'm I'm stood here at right midfield and I cross a ball in and it lands on a player's boot and not his head, it's still a progressive pass. Like Trent Alexander Arnold plays them in also he takes a lot of corners so Van Dyke and Matip tend to get on the end of a few of them yeah so with the forward pass though a lot of what Chelsea's forward passing is is like you'll have the likes of Rudiger you'll have the, all of their passing stats will be a lot higher than the average Premier League team and that's because they'll pass to Jorginho and all he'll do is pass it back to them so they're kind of like here yeah, Jorginho and then Jorginho's like I'm just going to pass to boost my figures 
and then passes it back to the defender. And the funny, defenders are like, funny. we're going to be heading that way, not here. So come on. And then it's funny you should say that because Rhys James accepts two more progressive passes per 90 than Trent Alexander-Arnold. So that means that generally the picture you can paint is the ball gets played forward into Rhys James for him to then do something with it That's because he's really high. Bear in mind, you've got to think of compar- comparatively to Trent, who plays very, very high and sometimes is an inside forward this season. Yeah. Um, but what will happen is for Trent is the ball will get played forward, it then gets knocked back into him for him to take a touch and whip a ball in. So he gets a little bit more freedom, a little bit more time. He gets to put generally unchallenged crosses into a box, which he's very good at. I'm not saying he's rubbish at crossing or anything like that, but he does spam crosses. Yeah. And they're often unchallenged. Reese James gets the ball played to him more progressively, not just instead of him passing the ball, he's the one receiving it. That's because of the back three. He though. has so many... Reese James has so many more touches inside the box than Trent. Like... Yeah. So what you're saying, but what you said at the beginning, just to disprove that point where you said teams aren't scared of Reese James when he scored more goals and has more inside box touches than Trent Alexander-Arnold is absolute rubbish. I think, um, I think they are. I think Trent is exceptional going forward. I think Reese James is exceptional going forward. But look, if you're going to give that little bit of a point, that little bit of an edge, you, you maybe you're trying, especially this season. You know what? This season, yes. I would say it's the, more than and, more than just and that. Trent and no, no. Uh, yeah, but Reece James's balls into the box are absolutely unbelievable. It's not his fault that it's Timo Werner getting on the end of it. It's been Lukaku. Yeah, and how bad is Lukaku? Been? It's been Ziyech. All, all these natural goal scorers, all these supernatural finishers. Like Trent's got some some of the top goal scorers in the league. Mane. Finished joint top goal scorer the season before that. Salah has got the all time goal scoring record but in a single Premier League season. They wouldn't have been able He's to score as much if it wasn't for Trent's passes and the quality of passes. Well, how when he only he only got forty, he got fourteen assists. What it was his highest season. So he got fourteen assists. So take away them fourteen goals, and them two are banging in loads of goals. Firmino does a big job. Robertson does a big job. Whereas. Reese James does his best. It's not his fault. He's got garbage in front of him. He's favoured by the England manager over Trent. I would say that's a fa- false because right, well, I mean, befo- right before the Euros, Trent was in all the starting lineups and then he got injured in that first friendly. No, he wasn't. He wasn't he playing. Was. No, no, he, he wasn't. Was. Gareth Southgate dropped him. He said he wasn't no. good enough. Yes, he was. He Kyle was Walker in- was right back and Kieran Trent no, was left he was back. playing. He got injured in training. He was never ever he starting was. for England. No, he wasn't. Kyle he Walker is England starting right back. You could look back at it. Could, you could look back at it. Everyone can have a look back. Yeah, have a look. Have a look. They, yeah, maybe they he started two two friendlies, but and then got injured. Check, check every Euros qualifier. He, start, he started. I want you to check every Euros qualifier. See, oh, like in terms of the last let's, last three Euros qualifiers. Oh well, buckle up. This will be fantastic watching. So you can. Well, I mean, you do that. We'll keep on chatting. People know Kyle Walker was England starting right back, and Reese James is the one that got the nod ahead of Trent. I know he got injured, but Reese James in those other games was getting the head the nod ahead of Trent because Twitter was going mental, going, "I can't believe you're not going to take Trent." Gary Lineker went, "I can't believe you're not going to be taking Trent," or because Twitter's the voice of knowledge, is it? Um, So yeah, like people want him for how well he can whip a ball and fantastic. 
he's margin, maybe marginally better than Reese James, but they are both statistically as well, well above average for any fullback in the world. But if you look at defensively, Trent isn't anywhere near Reese James. Like interceptions, clear, uh, near them clear a lot because the both tend to receive the ball. Um, it just uh, across the board, and uh, Trent, I, I was shocked. Trent has even pressed the ball. I couldn't believe it when I was looking because I thought, oh, one thing Liverpool players do is press. All the other players press. That's why we get so many interceptions. Because we always wonder as well in the Champions League game, like how is Trent and Robbo getting all these ball recovery points, spam ball recovery points. Bloody interceptions. Mm -hmm. Mental how many he gets. But other than that, everything else is Rhys James, very heavy. But that's also Chelsea are a, they're a better defensive unit as a whole team. Rhys James does his role very, very well. But Rhys James gets into their box more than Trent. So what I'm saying is, Rhys James... Because people say, oh, Trent's always out of position. That's his excuse. Trent's out of position. Klopp wants him to play higher up the field. Rhys James plays higher up the field than Trent Alexander-Arnold and gets back. And does a defensive I feel job. like No, I feel like that's hidden because of the fact that Kante is there. Kante, Kante is injured for the majority of the season. But, no, you've got Kante. Injured. You've got Kovacic. You've got... A lot of you've got the two defensive sitting mid midfielders and a back three, so it's less noticeable when Trent Alexander Arnold is forward. That because of the, when he started his career, everyone was like he can't defend. Liverpool have got Fabinho. Yes, one centre back oh, and two. Jordan Henderson, but he plays on the right as well. Yeah, yeah. Jordan. So Liverpool's entire system is Trent bombs on. Jordan Henderson fills in at right back. When Liverpool had a torrid times because Jordan Henderson was injured because he fills in Trent's space. Chelsea players don't do that. They play as the, the central midfielders do. They're actually quite narrow. They tend not to go off. Jorginho doesn't really do much defensively. Obviously, he tries to pick the ball up. We know how I feel about Jorginho. Um, yeah, Kante is everywhere, but no one fills in for Rhys James at right back. Rhys James fills in for Rhys James at right back. Right, so obviously the role of the fullback has changed hugely over the last, even just say, last five, ten years, never mind going back to when the Prem started. But how much credence would you give to the importance of attacking versus defensive play? Like, what would you say is more important out of either player? I think that's subjective. Uh, it depends on the team that you play for. Chelsea's emphasis is, is definitely defending and Liverpool's is we're going to outscore you. Yeah. So uh, the the fit the but but I, that's the, this is a this is a big thing. I think Rhys James could play for Liverpool. I don't think Trent could play for Chelsea. I don't think I don't think he get the cover he gets at Chelsea or that he gets at Liverpool for Chelsea. Uh he's expected to get back. I don't think he does. Um Whereas Rhys James does get up and down. Rhys James is quicker than Trent. And again, the drop. Watch Rhys James. His deliveries into the box are unbelievable. Some of the goals he scored, he scored in the Champions League as well this year. That goal he, he scored in the Champions League that, was though, absolutely fantastic. He does deliver really good balls into the box, but they're not Only better than Trent Alexander. How about if their roles were reversed? Do you agree with what Dan said there? Do you think... I think James that goes down to the coach, into, though, or? Thomas Tuchel, because you could see that with Marcus Alonso uh, in terms of how attacking he is. I think that's just coming down to the coach. Jurgen Klopp would still see the attacking potential that Rhys James has, but Jurgen Klopp doesn't place as much emphasis on defence because of how good Van Dijk was. So, and Allison and stuff like that. So, 
But that's that says it all. That's that says it all. That that they put so much emphasis on. But not every team has Van Dyke. It's who's the better fullback? England. England don't have a Van Dyke. England have got Harry Maguire, John Stones at centre back. Dan Byrne, right? So that's that's who we have as an England team because that's they're the two teams that they're otherwise going to play for. So you don't have a Van Dyke to get you out of trouble. So which do, they are both class going forward. Reese James is better a scorer than Trent Alexander Arnold. He is better. Fact. It's an absolute fact. Trent gets more assist. Absolute fact. So they are both incredibly versatile at going forward, incredibly attacking. Um, I think Trent has been excellent this season, was really poor at the end of last season, like really poor. And Rhys James has obviously struggled a bit with injuries now. Um, but you still have to do a job defensively. And there's a reason why he's not trusted at right back it, it, for certain teams. And there's a reason why Jurgen Klopp did actually take him out of the Liverpool team at one point. Because he can be a bit of a defensive liability. Uh, I've seen it numerous occasions. He does get out of position. He doesn't have the pace to get back into position, unlike Rhys James, who is one of the fittest players I've ever seen. <laughs> um, and in answer to your question, in terms of what's better, what's, where's the focus on attack or defence from a right back? Obviously, it depends if you're going to play five at the back. It's definitely more uh, you want to be better going forward. I still think four at the back, you need a very good balance. There's a reason why a lot of people think outside of a, a three-month lull, Robertson's a better fullback than Trent Alexander-Arnold. I think to a lot of Liverpool fans thought that particularly last season, Robbo better than, than Trent, even though Robert, Robertson is actually quite akin to a Rhys James, where the drop-off between Robertson and Trent going forward is marginal. I'd say Trent's definitely got the free kick goal scoring aspect. I mean, Trent's going to score way more goals than Robertson. But in terms of deliveries into the box, very similar. But Robertson's always been a more capable defender. Uh, like I say, outside of like a three-month low. Rhys James is that. Like, you need balance. I know that we want players to go bombing forward. But when it comes down to it, there is a reason why people like Pep Guardiola drop Jao Cancelo for the second leg of a Champions League game, despite how good he is going forward, because he's a mess defensively against good players. And if Pep Guardiola thinks that, then, you know, maybe he's got a point. I would think that Pep would choose Trent Alexander-Arnold over Rhys James. Uh, no, you, uh, why? Because of the... All the all those loads of crosses that... I mean, not, that man said he put into the box for no striker. I mean, the dude De Bruyne does it like fifty times. No, De Bruyne will pick it up, go off to the right, and then yeah. And by the way, De Bruyne is a better crossover ball than Trent anyway, so I don't know why they'd want that. De Bruyne is a better crossover ball than yeah. Trent but then is Trent Alexander-Arnold better at crossover the ball than Kyle Walker? Yes. So if yeah, but Kyle Walker's job isn't to cross the ball. Kyle Walker's job is to overlap and get back into position. So Kyle Walker's runs, which is what he did what actually. Trent does. To be fair, sorry. Depending on the system that. Guardiola plays. Walker obviously did the underlapping centre uh, right back bit where he formed a central back three four sort of weird formation for a little while, which Trent would be rubbish at, and you just wouldn't ever do that with Trent. But beyond that, he looks to use his pace to get the byline, maybe putting a cross from there, um, or you know he's, he's obviously that constant threat, but it allows other players to do things. Kyle Walker doesn't really need to do much in a back four. 
If you need someone to do Kyle Walker's job, it's going to be Reese James because he's faster than Trent. He's fitter than Trent. He gets up and down. And again, the ability to pass the ball in the box as a drop-off isn't that much. And Reese James has got an absolute thunder bastard on him as well. I know that Trent has um, scored a great goal against... Everyone seems to score great goals against Newcastle. It's like the thing to do. Uh, but again, that goal in the Champions League that Reese James scored was absolutely unbelievable how good that goal was, start to finish. I mean... Some of the things like he's just so more well rounded than Trent. Trent, I, I personally think Trent's very one note, classic crossing a ball, even though he spams them a lot. And sometimes, don't really so when I've looked anyway. at the stats between the two, though, Trent has more tackles per 90 and has more obviously interceptions, like you've said. And because a lot of teams are like, hey, we'll attack down this side, but Trent's adapted so much, and Trent is, I think, the progression. Is a lot better. He definitely so doesn't Trent, have more tackles. He's Trent got way ceiling, more interceptions. Trent's no. ceiling is better than Reese James's ceiling. And it's like your sources because we've got a bit of conflict there. So mine's F- actually F- on my FBL on my website. phone camera. Oh, oh, um, no, I've got an actual like scouting system thing on my phone that you got off YouTube. No, chance. I didn't get it off YouTube. Um, I can show you it, and like I say, we'll put it up as a graphic so that people can look at it and maybe. Maybe see something that don't usually see. And what it does is as well, it gives. Um, and if I'm wrong, I'm going to edit this bit out. Okay, spot on. And um, it also shows where they are in the percentile of players that play in a similar position. Because um, I, like I say, that's how I know in terms of the um, the passing accuracy and stuff. Like I say, Trent's passing accuracy is just no, like not even close to Reese James. It's like. 11% because a that. pass to Jorginho is easier than a pass over the top to Jorginho yeah but but Rhys James plays just as many like, progressive pro- no but Rhys James Rhys James plays it Rhys James plays just as many progressive passes to Jorginho but yeah no, can, pro- I, pro- can I bring Jorginho up my points that I made earlier in that progressive passes you're camping as towards the goal they're not necessarily as risky as trying to find that killer ball to you be can't, yeah, yeah, but they, how do you consider them comparable? You can't or? say Trent Alexander's Arnold's pass over the top to Jota where it shouldn't have been a penalty, but they got a penalty. You can't say that was worse than or a slight drop off to Reese James. That was like Beckham esque, esque, not even Beckham. <laughs> uh, definitely not Stevie Gerrard. Uh, Reese James is like I can't just pick something off the top of my head, but Reese James is putting some. Of the most unbelievable crosses I've seen in the Premier League. Corner like, taken quickly. Like unbelie- Look, that was A, unbelievable. That However, is a point. Wait, but no, but that was also four years ago, Smith Bayern Munich and Chelsea have, have won the Champions no, League you're, since. You're saying, you're saying that like, oh, four years ago. The, I think the it was question, three years ago. But the question was, who's the best Present back currently? Yeah. So you've added the stipulation of this season. Well, no, I was just taking like present because... In this very moment, Rhys James is injured. Most teams Chilwell's take... injured. Like so, so. so I'll tell you my interpretation of the question. Yeah. It's the the best over of any players that are currently still playing within the Premier League, the best from all of the time they've been playing. Not necessarily this. Trent Alexander this Arnold. Can you Who's point won to Premier League? Are you able to point to Who's oh yeah, fair enough. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but that's not how I've interpreted the question because the thing is, right? With, with with the question, like I think why it's like so juicy is that right now 
there are some fullbacks playing at the top of their game. Jao Cancelo, Jao Cancelo, Jao Cancelo's never been better. Um, Trent, in my opinion, is playing the best he's played at Liverpool, including that Barcelona moment. I know it was a fantastic moment, but I still think he's playing the best football he's played. Rhys James, I think, is the best right back in the world. I don't don't at me. Um, Kyle Walker's still, you know, fantastic, fantastic fullback. Andy Robertson's came into his own over the last few. If we're talking about the best fullback right now, in terms of literally right now, it's Andy Robertson. Like this very second, for how he how, best performance in the year of twenty twenty two, it's Andy Robertson, which none of us have picked. So in which so case, I, so in which case, can you we're please, both wrong. yeah, can you <laughs> please not reject my premise that I'm, I'm taking into account all of their current years of any. But then it's like, player. I mean, we could have opened it up. Th- to like uh, Cesar Aspilicueta, like <laughs> there are other, like I, I would have picked Andy Robertson. I would have, if it was who was who was the best current fullback that has also had the like the best longevity. The it's probably Kyle Walker versus Andy Robertson. It's probably they're probably the answers, but they're not playing as good as. Trent. But would you? Would, can, can, can Robertson I just is playing ask, better than Trent. Now. Robertson Aaron, is would you? Would you back away from Trent so easily? Because Dan seems to be giving up on. on well, James no, because the drop of a hat. I'm picking Rhys James for this year. He's obviously, picked up the Champions League. It's absolutely phenomenal. Don't know what. Don't know what Trent's won this year, but I mean, currently, because that's the question. Currently, Rhys James is the current Champions League holder. I'll show and you the question. He's got... doesn't say it currently. <laughs> Trap. <laughs> I'm sure the question did have currently in it. I uh, you're lying. I, I mean, as you've typed it out, I'm not going to... You've misled the house. Um, <laughs> did have currently in it. Uh, yeah, so he's... He's, the Champions League, he's got a Champions League medal at the minute. Oh, um, but, yeah, in terms of this, the start of this season... He was, he's been absolutely class. And whenever he's not played, Chelsea have looked so much worse. He's not he's not in the squad at the minute because he's injured. And look what's happened to them. Look at what's happened to Chelsea since he's not been playing. They've drawn 8,000 games. He wasn't playing at the start of the year when they were... He was playing at the start of the year? Missed like a, I, had a, like, I had him in FPL and he wasn't. Well, no, he, he was. He got sent off against Liverpool for the handball. And then he got banned, which is why he didn't play. But yeah, like I, I don't think he played the first game of the season. And then from then, because he got he scored two goals against Arsenal. How good are their defence this year? Arsenal had a fantastic defence. Banned in two goals. Not back then, though. Like, he's, what, <laughs> even back then? Like not Arsenal have been very like up and down nah, throughout the year. Can I ask one more question before I ask you to summarise? So we've touched upon it briefly in terms of the role that they're given. So attacking presence versus defensive capabilities. Obviously, the your whole argument, Dan, seems to be in terms of defensively at least that James is the stronger of the players. But those stats, if we can find them and put them up on the screen, <laughs> might might throw that into disrepute. However, do you feel as if it's better that it should be counted as the most rounded yes. fullback, or how well they fit into the current system that they're playing and are utilised? No, it's who's the best fullback. I mean, that is actually the question. Then, who is the best fullback? So that that is an individual thing. 
And yeah, they both utilise well in the team. But Rhys James, I think, would fit in more teams than Trent. In terms of how, in terms of having Virgil Van Dijk as a comfort blanket and Jordan Henderson as a comfort blanket, dropping into the right side there, which he has done. Um, I think that you want a well-rounded fullback, and the, I suppose to summarise the drop. I disagree anyway that Rhys James is loads worse than Trent Bourne, but I think they are both the two best attacking right-sided fullbacks in the world. I, mean, I suppose you could put Jao Cancelo in that. There's the three of them together in a league of their own um, in terms of that right side. And it's so close. You can People have their own preference. Oh, I think that's one I think that's right. Wait, whatever. They are so close. Defensively, it's not close. And there is a reason why I think someone like Gareth Southgate trusts Bruce James ahead of Trent. But like... It, when you look at those stats and when you when you even just watch them play, when you watch, like, Rhys James's debut, he kept an informed Wilfred Sahar in his back pocket, who usually is all right on that side. Like, he was absolutely class against them. Whereas, like, Trent struggles against good players. He really does struggle. Rhys James doesn't struggle. So when you get, when you're as good as Liverpool and Chelsea, particularly Liverpool, and as we and that's why I brought Jao Cancelo into this before. It's really easy when you're playing in a good team and you're a great player to absolutely batter nine out of ten teams that you play. But how do you play when you've got to come up against someone world class? And I think Rhys James has had better defensive performances as a defender than Trent Alexander-Arnold has. And look, that game against Barcelona, fair enough, three years ago, and it was amazing, and that's one thing. I mean, does that mean that Jimmy Traore is Liverpool's best right-back ever because he stopped that goal going in on the line in 2005 Champions League final when he's categorically maybe the worst defender I've ever seen? Like, yeah, he was unbelievable game, but against, like, world-class teams, like, Aaron... We were literally slating him for that game against Real Madrid. Remember that game where we both went onto a camera and oh, absolutely is... battered Trent. But we battered him because he was shit. He was actual dog shit. And then Reese James rocks up. Chelsea go through against Real Madrid. Both playing against the same team. Vinicius Jr. had Trent Alexander-Arnold on toes. He's a good player, not world-class. Like... When you put up him up against someone with a bit of pace, a bit of trickery, something decent, Trent. I am just going to point custard. out that that's going to be struck from the record because you can't bring up someone's previous comments when this is a standalone argument. So, mean? so I like to say, although he's bashed Trent in the past, I would like. I'm not Excuse me, it's not that kind of podcast, guys. You love it, Trent. Would you like to come on? I promise you, I'll say sorry. You're the best. Dan pointed out a couple of um, occasions where Trent has fallen short against the big teams. Can you think of any occasions the other way on that you could bring Where he's like? performed well against the big where he's teams. Pro- where he performed poorly. So, I mean, I mean, I'm talking about James now. Can you think of where he's let Chelsea down due to one of his performances? So, with... Yes, because he's obviously... You've mentioned multiple times sent off Multiple times, got sent off once because the ball hit his thigh and bounced up on his arm. 
Yeah, so. that's 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 absolutely shocking. And, in today's and, game. and didn't he get the assist? He got the assist in that it was a one-one draw, and Reese James got the assist. But and then the ball bounced off yeah, his thigh and hit his arm. Then he let so. his team down with that red. Let, let it, so it's not a draw. In, that is damning. If he wasn't fair. on the pitch, they probably wouldn't. The, if anything, they played better down to ten men. When they just dropped so everyone, everyone in the box. Is this what you're trying to claim now? You Dan, can't. You can't, you <laughs> can't <laughs> argue for them, right? No, but they just put everyone in the box. They like, played, all right, then they played better with this, ten men than they did when Reese James no, was on the field. Just put everyone in the box. Actually, I think I'm so actually bollocks there. Anyway, I'm sure Liverpool battered them in that second half. I just remember the game. I'm sure they absolutely battered them in the yeah. second half. Yeah, Trent Alexander Arnold <laughs> did really, really well. Yeah, did really well against ten men. Didn't get a single assist. Didn't get, didn't do anything. I mean, didn't do ten men against Chelsea. Didn't do anything. Whereas Reese James got an assist. Because Chelsea were playing ahead. a formation of eight one one, uh, and yet he was still up and down. Got an assist. Unbelievable stuff. And then yeah, the ball hit his thigh and bounced onto his arm. I did ask for your summary, and I feel as if this has probably doubled the length of this yeah, question. Well, so can I ask you nonsense. now, Aaron? Yeah, how so, do you feel? And if you could summarize, I think one of the most reliable source of how the football community feels is fantasy Premier League. <laughs> so, <laughs> in terms of how many people have Trent Alexander Arnold in their team, I think it's like forty-eight percent right now. Um, about to go up because there's a double game week. So obviously, people are going to people would rather triple captain Trent Alexander Arnold than Reese James. Oh, he's got someone to pass to. <laughs> Like he he passes to Mane and Salah and Jota, Rhys James passes to Timo Werner and Lukaku and Havertz and Jorginho, which excuses like, that. Ex well, exactly that. And um, the um, but Trent Alexander Arnold is 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 priced at eight point five for a reason because he's the best right back in there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He, also, Trent isn't a rotation risk with Cesar Aspilicueta because he's better. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. it. Not because Aspilicueta is the club captain or anything. And if anything, he, he sent Aspilicueta packing. It's like, no. I think we need a word count. We do. I mean, you've gone well over. I haven't even said it yet, but I can tell you it's well over. <laughs> Let's put a pin in it there. I'll get back to you in just a moment. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even use that bit. Ripping. <laughs> Safely say the last 15 20 minutes have been possibly up there as the best in my life, not gonna <laughs> lie. But again, after another close round, points have been docked. <laughs> the chin buckle muggle needs to fight down. <laughs> but I didn't like the way that you threw away the cause and stopped backing James when other fullbacks were thrown into the mix. I also I mean, there's bullshit, and then there's proper bullshit, and I'm a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> fantasy, <laughs> fantasy football league. Yeah, I mean, you're always going to win an argument with that, clearly. But oh. one all! So I'm sure you'll all agree, will the fun ever start? <laughs> <laughs> but this this next juicy question, I'm sure we'll have, we'll have a, a good fight, a good scrap. That's what I want to see from both of you. So... Without further ado, best player not to win the Ballon d'Or because of Ronaldo or Messi. And the year they should have won it. Right. 
My player was really easy. The hard thing was picking the year because every year from 2008 until 2013, I think I probably could have won it. Uh, I'm going for Andreas Iniesta, the little Spanish magician. I'm going to go with Robert Lewandowski and the year was last year <laughs> because the Ballon d'Or shouldn't have been cancelled. And well, So you're going for the year that it got cancelled? Yeah. Not this... Oh, my God. I mean, I'm not going to lie. That's a hard sell because he wasn't stopped because of either of them. But um, Yeah, they, they didn't... Technically. He didn't win it because... <laughs> or are you, are you trying to imply that either of them two were on the blower behind the scenes asking for it? it could be are you, are you saying well. that Lionel Messi knew he wasn't going to win it, so you no. rang up UEFA, got on the blower, and went, look... <laughs> I know Hold that Lewandowski's going to win it. Hold on. I think Corbett's given her a great excuse here. I'm just reading the question, which was... In the Messi and Ronaldo era, maybe. Era, which is still... But, it's because, won it but this when year, we, talk, which means we it's talked about this, era. but we talked about this, and it's, the entire point is, Messi and Ronaldo have been so dominant. And yeah. I thought it and was Messi just, won it last year. Yeah, I thought, year, I thought it was this year when Messi won it instead of Lewandowski and everyone said Lewandowski should have won. That's I what can, I, would, I can argue that one as well. Yeah, do that one. Well, I mean, yeah, so let's do... He's already lost. He's changed his mind already. Look at that. He's flaked. He's done a me from the previous question. Absolutely despicable. Anyway. He should have won it both because last year it shouldn't have been cancelled. This year, that was just an absolute fix because, I mean, one, the Ballon d'Or contest as a whole is just a popularity contest. So... And Robert Lewandowski, Messi was like, oh no, Robert, you should have won. And then it turns out he never voted for Robert at all. So Messi's just trying to boost his own career. Is that how Messi speaks, is it? When he speaks English. He's got a very deep Spanish voice, but until he, until he speaks English. Yeah. Then he turns into, very, the... then he turns into a Geordie Misdoubtfire. That's the real reason <laughs> Hello. why. <laughs> Hello there, children. That's the real reason he didn't move to Man City. <laughs> <laughs> because he would have been a mank, Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. All right, then, no bother. I just wanted to say, yeah. That's um, the sequel everyone wants to see, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Messy Doubtfire. Um, yeah, I think you've been an absolute snake trying to get around the question in that way when it's blatantly Ronaldo, Ronaldo and Messi. Yeah, that's fine. That's, that doesn't matter. So what? Like, Messi and Ronaldo have been so dominant and they've taken away the Ballon d'Or from from a certain players. I think some people are in the Frank Ribery camp of 2013 where you want to travel, even though my opinion is Robin definitely should have won it that year, not, not Ribery. Uh, but yeah, I won for Iniesta uh, and I just think he must be the unluckiest man alive not to have won a Ballon d'Or in that period when he's won... He's won two deme- he's won two trebles, two actual full-on trebles. Barcelona won the trebles. Barcelona, yeah, he still won them. He's won, he's won uh, three Champions Leagues in that time, but he's also won with Spain in in the time of uh, of two thousand eight to to two thousand and twelve. He won two European Championships and a World Cup. What 
uh, just a pause because we said in the year that they won. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying. I'm just putting some context in that he must be mm. the most unlucky player alive, and that's what I said in my opening statement. Was it was very difficult to even pick the year for this player because he sh- he could have won at any of those years. But the reason why I went with 2010, he finished second anyway. So at least he finished second. So in terms of both our picks, they both finished second. So no arguments there. But the reason why Lewandowski is is so high is let's face it is because he scored a fair amount of goals broke, broke every the, individual record in Germany bro, bro, I mean ooh Germany that famous league where Timo Werner was one of the best players and now look at him class anyway yeah it's like so what I don't care Iniesta Iniesta to Lewandowski Iniesta <laughs> that's a stretch what, no, Timo Werner scored a lot of goals and was Germany's starting striker. Like, but Lewandowski's not German. Yeah, I know that. So I'm you very can't. Much, I'm very much aware of that. But I'm just saying, like, it's not like Timo Werner before he came as an absolute mug when Liverpool, your golden boys, your favorite team in the world, Liverpool, be like Trent Alexander Arnold and Virgil that, Van Dijk squad. With that point that you're trying to make, you can't Polish it. <laughs> oh Christ Almighty! Right. Sorry about that. Um, it's uh, Timo Werner has no mug, but then he comes to a, currently the best league in the world and struggles. In there is no doubt, no doubt whatsoever, that in the the 2010s, that decade, La Liga was the best league in the world, comfortably, comfortably the best team in the world. The majority of teams that won the Champions League in that decade were Spanish. Now. Iniesta did the business in that league, in the most difficult league in the world. You, you won a World Cup. I appreciate Lewandowski's going to struggle to win anything with Poland, but didn't really have any effect. But not only did he win it, he scored a couple of goals, and one of them was the winner in the final after he got booted around left, right, and centre of some very, very imposing players. Kept his composure. He's only a little lad. Um, won the league that year. And it's only because Messi scored so many goals. I mean, he finished ahead of Cristiano Ronaldo when Ronaldo was like equally in his peak over those years. And he's finished second above so many amazing players. What he won that year beats Robert Lewandowski's this year of... What did he win? The Bundesliga on the Pokal? Is that what he won? The, the German, he won the German Cup and the German League. That's what he won. Didn't didn't win a Champions League or anything, which he could have. I mean, Bayern Munich were well, good enough to win a Champions League. Didn't win it. Um, yeah, uh, this season, yeah, had a good start of Champions League. He's not had a difficult group at all, at all, even though some mugs still don't put him in the Champions League team. I don't know why. Um, but that's, that's pretty much at this stage what he's offering. Goals, he, I mean, I think he's... You know, in terms of an all-rounded player, he was probably, you know, better when he first went, better at Dortmund in terms of just his general play. Now he's just that lethal outlaw goal scorer, which is fantastic. Players have made names on it for years. But I think Iniesta is just the complete player. When we talk about the all-time greatest team ever, if you have to pick 11 players, Lewandowski, I don't think, would be in the top 10 or 20 forwards to be picked. Iniesta's probably in that starting eleven. I feel like that's a lot of the nostalgia looking back. I, I, and Iniesta is the best 
is the joint best with Zinedine Zidane is the joint best centre midfielder of our lifetimes. And I, I dare you to name a Some people might say Xavi. Xavi's very metronomic, fantastic player, unbelievable player, probably top five midfield players of our lifetimes. Um, but even then, Iniesta was so much more cons- like consistent than even Zidane. Zidane, but yeah, he scored that amazing Champions League goal. Was actually getting bullied by the Spanish press because he was pretty bad in the league all season. Then rocks up that one game, scores like the greatest Champions League final goal of all time on par with Gareth Bale or whatever. Um, but Iniesta, this consistent player who does everything, he's he's the be- he's the best dribbler I've ever seen, and I am including Messi in that. He's unbelievable when you watch him dribble. He's passing. Can I just cut in there? Are you including Philip Albert as well? I am included. <laughs> he's not quite good at shooting as Philip Albert. <laughs> um, he's his positional sense, his ability to drop in between the lines, his functionality, the way that Barcelona dominated teams from start to finish with a ridiculous amount of possession, the tempo was set by Xavi. All of the rest of it is Iniesta. He is so good. He is phenomenal and. The, I think he's still playing, <laughs> like, but that year he did more than he, he's done more than Lewandowski's ever done. He was ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. So, Aaron, if I could ask there, so that the points that Dan makes are are fair to be honest. Um, he obviously Iniesta orchestrated a lot from the middle of the park. He was unbelievable. It's quite interesting. I find this question because it's the first time where players from different positions are put head to head. Very different roles. Would you say one role is more important than others? Everyone talks about how important a top goal scorer for a squad is. Do you think that that gives Lewandowski a yeah, Lewandowski, Lewandowski wasn't just the top scorer for his squad. He was the European and world top goal scorer. So um, in terms of individual awards, which Messi has won it when he didn't win any trophies, he won it because he scored more than everyone else. So Lewandowski should have won it on that basis. That's a, I think that's a basis that so many people disagree with and why we found it quite refreshing when Luka Modric won it, whether he deserved to win it or not, it's a completely debatable he, question. He, yeah. But there are other players, you know, and, and I, I think if we reverse, I think we're going to actually reverse this and say, actually, if Messi and Ronaldo were in their prime, Lewandowski wouldn't even have been in the debate for the Ballon d'Or because yes, he was European and world top goal scorer. And um, broke the Bundesliga record. But their numbers were nothing, nothing compared to the numbers we have seen Messi and Ronaldo get. The reason why Messi and Ronaldo won so much in terms of their numbers is because their numbers are outra- like outrageous. Numbers. Messi, 96 in a calendar year. Like, Lewandowski's nowhere near that. So if, if Messi was in his prime, Lewandowski didn't even get any other competition. Whereas... Yeah, but- Iniesta legitimately got so close to Messi in his prime 2010. But Lewandowski would have won it if it wasn't for the COVID pandemic. So looking past, like he, Messi didn't stop playing for a year. Ronaldo didn't stop playing for a year. They still played all through them difficult circumstances. And Lewandowski would have won it. But FIFA were like, no, we don't want to do the awards. So if if we if that pandemic hadn't have happened... We'd be sitting here right now and I would have to pick a different player because Lewandowski would Yeah, exactly. He would have won it. So for the removal of any doubt, because obviously we got up to a bit of a shaky start, slightly dubious, good choice. However, 
I'm going to, for, for that, I think the, the fairest way to proceed is over those two years, if you take as average performance, so what, 20, so 19 and 20 was the year that it wasn't? Or was it 2021? Or wasn't counted, so then. But technically the it's the end of the year, so it would have been the 2020 Ballon d'Or. 2020 Ballon d'Or, he didn't win because of COVID. 2021, he got eight by Messi. Right. Okay. So that that's where I'm going with that. Okay. But proceed. So, yeah. But if he's allowed two years, surely I'm allowed two years. No, because it's in between Ballon d'Ors. So, yeah, but you've got two. But if you go for two seasons, then you can have, oh, so well, Robert Lewandowski won a Champions League and he won a Bundesliga and he won this, that and the other for one year. But it's still up against players who have also had two seasons to compete. So that's what I'm saying, I'm allowed two years. Because if that's the case, I'll go, I'll go no, 2009-2010 There was Ballon d'Or ceremony, Ballon d'Or ceremony. And it, just I think of, you're cheating. I think you're mugging people out of a fair debate. I'm, I'm, because Lewandowski didn't not win the, the Champions League because of Messi and Ronaldo. He didn't win it because it was a COVID pandemic. And no one's disagreeing with you that Lewandowski would have won it and should have won it. I'm not even disagreeing that he shouldn't have won it this year. Just like, like he's... Being absolutely brilliant, but in the best individual player in but, the world currently is Lewandowski. But the, the, the question is obviously centered around <clears throat> the best player not win it because of Lionel Messi and Ronaldo in that era. Yeah, that's fine. Are you trying to tell me Lewandowski is a better player than Andreas Iniesta? No, in the year that they should have won it, I'm so saying that Lewandowski is a better player this year than Andreas Iniesta in 2010. Are you going to look into a camera and say that out loud? Yes. Talking absolute shit. Like, absolute shit. He's. Iniesta orchestrated Barcelona's dominance and Spain's dominance for winning a World Cup. He actually didn't play in the opening game of the World Cup, which is the only game that Spain lost. We lost 1 0 to Switzerland. Didn't play. Brings him back in. He actually. He actually scored. In the the fight the final game in the group stage, they won two one, and he scored to send them through. So he gets them through the groups, and then he scores the winner in extra time in the World Cup final. But Lewandowski scoring against Farmers forty times is better. Nonsense. But he Absolute also nonsense. broke all these records with less games played because the Bundesliga is shorter. But like it's it's he scored a lot of goals. But even when you compare his goals to Prime Messi and Prime Ronaldo, he's not in the same league as them but for that prime time. It. Whereas Iniesta, it to when no, but, the year that they should have won it. But so Iniesta, Lewandowski, but is Iniesta played in their prime. Ronaldo now, Iniesta had to play in their prime. So Iniesta had to complete compete with Ronaldo and Messi in their prime, and still managed to come second ahead of Cristiano Ronaldo in his prime. Is absolutely insane that Lewandowski. Would not have finished ahead of Ronaldo in his prime. How, however, can I point out that this question clearly relates to the fact that Messi and Ronaldo are anomalies. It's unlikely that we'll ever see people so reach the their peak again. So take them out of the equation. Don't compare their goals to Lewandowski's. Because, but my point is for that is that they are anomalies, and yet Iniesta finished ahead of Ronaldo in a Ballon d'Or finishing, whereas. That has to count for something because obviously Ronaldo isn't in his prime anymore. He's 36, 37 years of age. So I don't even know why he finished this year, but like loads of people finished. Right? So you're 37. Yeah, like he's, he's, he's getting on a bit, poor Ronnie. 
So, like, it's not really in question that he's going to finish higher than Ronaldo now. I think it's an achievement to finish above either. If you finish above either of them two and don't, that's the thing. If you finish above Messi or Ronaldo and don't win it, how unlucky are you? Like, how unlucky are you? It's a bit like if you, um, in the league um, a few years ago when they had that Man City-Liverpool thing, it's like, imagine finishing above one of them two teams and not winning it. That's kind of like what it's like for Iniesta in that year. It's absolute insanity. Whereas Lewandowski, I don't even think he had to do that much. Like, uh, like he's great. Uh, we pick him up on our podcast all the time, obviously. Um, of uh, not saying anything different of that. But in terms of a standard of player, like Iniesta is, is for me, is an absolute goat of his position, whether that's centre midfield or on the left wing where he sometimes occasionally plays. He sort of completely redefined what it is to be a left winger in that position with how he played. He didn't play like a left winger. I've never seen any left winger play like he did. His ability on the ball... He, Robert Lewandowski is clearly... A better finisher than Andreas Iniesta. I don't think that's up for debate. Uh, probably a better header of a ball too. I think outside of that, Iniesta will match him. He, he's very strong for a little guy. He's dribbling. He's he's passing. He's football intelligence. He's a play. He's a ability to exploit the space between defenders. Get beyond the defenders. Very selfless player. Um, total leader. And there is a reason why Barcelona were so dominant. And there's a reason why Spain were so dominant. And maybe the likes of Argentina weren't, even though they had Messi. And Portugal weren't, even though they had Ronaldo. That midfield, and for me, particularly those years, 2010 in particular, was the moment... I very remember specifically watching the World Cup and a few pundits were talking about Xavi because he he was that the central figure of Barcelona at the time. Then a few others, I remember Alan Hansen as well, and I was of the opinion as well that nah, Iniesta's the one to watch. And in that World Cup, he was he was the driving force. He changed their fortunes. Him and David Villa were their best players. Um but particularly Iniesta with what he, how he managed to control games and suck the oxygen out of other teams isn't something that Robert Lewandowski is ever capable of doing. I appreciate he's a forward, so it's less likely that he will be able to do it. Um, that's not to say that Iniesta hasn't played false nine and stuff either. I just think he's all round a superior player and to get ahead of Ronaldo and a Ballon d'Or finishing in 2010 and not win it is a piss take. How do you really feel, Dan? I feel like I didn't get your full message across. I mean, I'd like... Viva la Zidane! <laughs> If we go across to Aaron now, because your jaw must be aching. No, I've got a massive chin, remember? <laughs> massive masseter muscles. Yeah. Right, so before you come back, Aaron, I'd just like to ask, and let me point out the big points are on offer. Would you like to have the audacity to bring in Lewandowski's Champions League fantasy football utilisation? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the fact that uh, I didn't have him was a bit uh, shocking, isn't it? <laughs> You didn't even pick Lewandowski for your Champions League team, did you? Yes, but my fantasy skills... Get in the bin, Aaron. Get in the bin. It's sort of on the ball ball It's not good enough for my Champions League fantasy football team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was me just being bad at fantasy, though. That's, that's, not, my, that's uh, not his footballing ability. Like, 
Oh, to be honest, hate having good footballers in my fantasy team. No, right? because if I had picked him, the way that I play fantasy would have done terrible. So if anything, oh, right, him, you've done us all a favour. Yeah, you? I've helped Lewandowski in his career, and uh, when he when he points up to the sky, it's actually me flying. <laughs> <around. It's laughs> uh, so <laughs> he's got my face chiselled in his golden boot. Then he wins. So yeah, uh, me and me and Robert are tight. But putting putting your shovel down because you've dug a canny hole. <laughs> how would you like to come back to Dan's quite epic monologue? Well, epic's the wrong word, isn't it? Yeah. Substantial. Um, I think it was a soliloquy by the end. I'd use it disappeared. It was just me and Andreas. <laughs> Rhyming cutlets. <laughs> me, I, well, I think just there's not much like you need all of that to say why Iniesta should win a full-on sermon. Uh, and he, I, all I need to say is that Lewandowski, he, we all know that he was cheated out of it. And if it wasn't for the COVID pandemic, he would have won one. He beat, he literally finished above Messi and Ronaldo in a year. And it was just down to a worldwide health disaster why he didn't win it. So he, you know, he won it. So Succinct. We'll draw a pin in under there. Insert, if you could, please, editor. Uh, <laughs> non-copyrightable EastEnders drum roll <laughs> and we'll be back you in two well I don't know about you but I've got I've got protection on the way I feel as if I'm a danger Dan's rant was virgin on psychotic nevertheless I will be giving this rant 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 to Dan we're in South Africa rant to Dan. Welcome. we are live from South Africa <laughs> to Dan and Iniesta um, I would say there are quite a few sharp objects around, so I need to be safe there. Um, but also, even though I got a little bit of Lionel in places, <laughs> Aaron, you did shoot yourself slightly in the foot to begin with, going for a non-Ballon d'Or. Yeah. I no fault of his it, own, you are I, being... I that's filthy, filthy banner. I was just going off the question I was given, which was the era, but okay. Next time, if you could sort yourself out before. Going <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like I need to uh, listen to the question more. I apologise. <laughs> Round four. And what a fight, by the way. Oh, I was really heating <laughs> up, isn't it? Oh, I can feel the tension. Everything is getting out of hand. In all seriousness, if you're still sticking around for this, Fair play to you. You're doing better than I am. I checked out hours ago. <laughs> but let's crack on and get this over and done with. So, we've all heard potentially that Mbappe is off to Real Madrid. Can you both argue the case for who is the best player to sign on a pre-contract? End question. <laughs> Do you want to go first? No, 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 we're all sick of you and Dan, so could you start, Aaron? Yeah, so, yeah, so basically, I'm going for... <laughs> so, I've picked uh, Dybala as someone who could potentially be signed on a pre-contract. I don't think... Um, I think of all the others, his market value is probably st still the highest. So, uh, I've picked with I've picked him. You're like an executive at Man United. Just oh, well, you, I'm trying to apply it. Shit, but he's got good market value. I heard Newcastle are trying to hire a, 
director of football, so... <laughs> is this that is, what you're going for, is it? This is my CV. They're the levels of enthusiasm that are required. We think Zach's getting signed for him as his mother's little sick note, but he can't make training today, he's injured his hamstring again. Uh, I'm going for... Uh, I'm not going for Antonio, I'm going for Andreas Christensen. Strong start. Uh, very strong start. <laughs> they begin with A and I've had a best. He's jumping, uh, uh, he's jumping Chelsea defenders already. So, yeah, I'm going for Christensen. Uh, and there is a reason why I did jump. Shift. I would hope so. A tough, tough, tough little fight between the two of them. But yeah, Christensen has been an absolute revelation this season. He's still very young. Uh, he's still got some great market value, which is what we all want from our footballers, Aaron. So you don't? Uh, well, not but Dabala's market value. Um, he's paper hamstrings, so or paper thighs, whatever he keeps on doing. Yeah, so I've gone for Christensen. I think he'd be a fantastic pre-contract signing. I'm not doubting he, he wouldn't be fantastic. I'm just saying Dybala, but there's been bidding wars and everything over him, and I just think that what he could still provide to a team, having given a fresh start, I think is a lot more than what Christensen could give. I think that, obviously, it's two different positions, yeah. But I think just in terms of if you put the baller in most teams that, that were after him, I don't know kind of I haven't heard many rumors about who Christensen's gonna go to, but the baller's been linked with a lot of the top six. Can you fact check how many goals the baller scored this season? And how many goals he scored last season? All competitions. Mm-hmm. What, both seasons combined? No, no, 17 this season. So 17 goals, three assists this season in all competitions, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how many last season did he score? I don't have that off the top of my head. Can you find how many scored last season? Well, uh, last season? Yeah, 20. 20, the 2021. So I don't think he scored very many goals last season. It's pen, pen taker as well, isn't he? Other than when Benucci's... Yeah, Benucci's second pen taker. Dabala's first, yeah. right? So... Last year, five. Class. I mean, that's what you want from this player with loads of market value. Full season scored five goals. Although, uh, let's let's be fair, the research was done at at a minimal level. I'm not going to be hired for (laughs) any kind of investigation. That's how many goals he scored. That's how many goals he scored. It says fourth in Syria and one in the Champions League. Great. Does it say how many appearances he had? I mean, exactly. That's even worse. He's constantly injured. Tell me he's not injured. Is he injured right now? No. He's not injured right now? Did he miss the last Champions League game because of injury? That was back in December. It was currently at the time of recording, January, uh, February 3rd. <laughs> like, <clears throat> I say that because we started recording February 2nd. <laughs> <laughs> he, gets, uh, he, he gets injured a lot, Aaron. He gets injured a lot. 20 appearances in Serie A. Um, four, four goals, goals five, five, five in Europe. In Serie top, top stats. One that beats Christiansen. Five and twenty-six. We're talking. So less than one and five. He beats and, Christiansen, and he's in Serie. A. Oh, terrific! Fantastic! He beats the centre back barely. This year, eleven and twenty-three. So he doesn't have seventeen hours. So According to last update, that is. I thought that was in all competitions. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say 17 is an unbelievably large amount of goals. I'm like, he hasn't scored. I was I like, can't pull can you check? Because no. I'm like, I don't I'll, pull, I'll pull the graphic up. Previous year was 17 out of 46, incidentally, 2019 to 20. 
So that's where I looked at it. Right. So, yeah. He doesn't score that many goals in Serie A, which is getting a more attacking league. But I think this year has been the real breakthrough for attacking teams. I think, obviously, it's been propagated by Gasparini at Atlanta, the way he's managed to get um, some very good players to play beyond themselves. It sort of forced the rest of the league to play that way. Um, so, if anything, it's easier for him to score now and he's still not really doing that much. But the, the quality of the league still isn't... Like, it's great to watch, I think. But I think, in terms of the quality of the teams, Italian teams still really struggle in the Champions League. They don't go very far. Um it's just like the first time in ages one's even got like other than Juventus one's other than them got through to the knockout stages so I think it says a lot about the quality of the league that he's in Christensen however completely changed his fortunes around he was he was struggling a couple of years ago particularly under Lampard who isn't a very good defensive coach at all uh, there were suggestions he's going to be sold for quite a large amount of money and then in comes a coach that just knows how to defend. And it's not like they play super defensive football either. And gets him to play football that I didn't think he was personally capable of. He's been absolutely brilliant. He was fantastic for Denmark in the Euros. He was brilliant for them. They had a very, like, sort of... <laughs> that was your time, uh, uh, <laughs> Stop talking. Uh, they've got, they obviously have, if like... Only. A, <laughs> They have a strong team. Like, they've got... No, sorry, no. Denmark have, like, an all right team. All right. But between him and Mela, I think they were the two standout performers for them in the Euros. And Chelsea kept an abnormal, freakish amount of clean sheets from when Tuchel came in right through the start of the season. It's dropped off recently because of Rhys James doesn't play anymore. Um, and uh, because... <laughs> Uh, there is a bit of rotation in there, but your stats are absolutely brilliant. He actually cr- creates quite a few chances, which you'd think what of, of Rudiger did with that, but he creates more chances per night than Rudiger. Um, he has more assists, I think. He, he gets goals, and the main difference is I think there's a lot of attacking talent that teams can go out and buy. Like Liverpool have just went out and bought Luis Diaz. Um, from Port, I think you could go to any league and go. You know what? We're going to buy a player of Dybala's quality. It's really hard to buy a centre back. There is a reason why Antonio Rudiger wants four hundred grand a week or something insane, and it's because centre backs these days are really, really hard to find. And I think Christensen is an intelligent, athletic, progressive defender, and there's just not that many of them out there. And also, the reason, the one of the reasons why I thought about switching from Rudiger was the pay demands. I thought someone might say, oh, well, who's going to afford 400 grand a week? Christensen's on nowhere near that. He's going to be relatively cheap. So he's not going to break the bank. He will really actually be a free transfer. But then I looked at the stats and I thought, well, actually, his stats are not far... Like, some of them are way better than Rudiger. Some of them are a little bit of a drop-off, but all very, very solid. And I think he has been a major, major component in Chelsea's defensive change of fortunes in a very, very difficult league, especially when everyone's just trying to batter each other five mils all the time. They're just constantly attacking. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'd much rather buy Christensen than Dybala, who was injured a lot. I think just to try and come back against that point, with with Dybala's goals last year, thinking back to Juventus' se- uh, season, 
Uh, they're going through a bit of a transitional period. It's the first time they had not won the league. But that was down to, to the bad management of Sari. And so coming back to this season, uh, well, they pipped fourth spot on the last day of the season. And if it wasn't for Dybala coming back in and, and being able to score the goals in the end, because he had kind of been frozen out of the squad because he tried to force his way out. To, to Sounds like you won from a free signing. But Tottenham were willing to pay close to 100 million or something like that for Dybala. It was like ridiculous money. Have you seen some of the people that Tottenham have bought over the last few years? Seen who they bought with that that Gareth Bale but money? I mean, Tottenham not is no Tottenham aren't the team that you go. Well, Tottenham are going to pay for him, but it, it shows Dybala's quality when he's even when he wasn't having great seasons, people are still willing to put in like close to triple million bids in there. So. Christensen, I wouldn't say, is worth hundred million. Uh, Dybala's not worth hundred million just because Tottenham a few years ago were going to. But I think when Tottenham put in that bid, it was a few years ago. Because um, yeah, when United tried to do the same, I as remember. Well, didn't they? The, I remember when they were putting in bids and it wasn't hundred million. I remember the word it wasn't hundred million at all. But I remember when Man United and Tottenham had that little bit of a bid and war for them, and you decide to stay at Juventus or whatever. Um, he were like, it was like last day scramble. Like if they wanted them that bad, they would have went in opening day. This is our big player, whatever. No, last day and the ball flapping over him, like the had like it looked from the outside looking in like the had other targets. Like, oh, go and get them. I'll go for him. And yeah, he's he's got a name on the back. We know that players are commodities, and that if you buy a player. With a, with a big name. Dybala was touted as being the next Messi, legitimately, and he's got a lot of talent, and he did have a lot of talent when that was coming around. But how old is he now? Is he 26 now? 28. He's 20. He's 28. So he's got no potential left. This is him. Oh, yeah. Most people take on when they're 32. Yeah, well, that, like, we are seeing the prime of Dybala's playing career. Five goals last year class like that is his prime Christensen's well younger than that I think you can fact check us <laughs> Christensen I, I is think he is I think he's 24 yeah so you're gonna if you sign Christensen on free you are gonna get four if he's 24 25 25 you must have had a birthday recently yeah <laughs> <laughs> you're sick enough for me yeah, if yeah you are right no the 10th of April last year so just gone yeah so yeah, just gone he's um <laughs> So you're going to get a few years out of Christensen before he's even the same age as Dybala. What we're seeing now is Dybala is a player that you love, that you take the piss out of other people for loving because he's hyped up by FIFA. He's got a class FIFA card. And I remember having him in my number 10 on FIFA Ultimate Team like six years ago and he'd rip everyone to shreds. He still does, to be fair. Everyone thinks he's great and it's like, all right then. But... His performances on the pitch don't actually... I never watch him go, wow, what a player you are. You're worth oh, 100 million. You're, you're, you're like missing out. You're missing out. He's, and like, he's a, I'm not saying he's not a, a... He's a good player. That's what he is. He's a good player. He's not worth He's not worth his wages and he's not worth whatever Tottenham and Man United claimed the bid for him. Um, I think 
that with Christensen you get a player that's in a more that's in a players in a position that's more difficult to fill and to find players. Like when you see Harry Maguire going for eighty million, is Harry Maguire a better defender than like who would you rather have Christensen for nothing or Harry Maguire for eighty million? Like whereas for Tabala, you could go out and find a better player for the same money. Would you rather? In fact, if I said to you now, would you rather have Christensen for free or Harry Maguire for free? Probably have Christensen. If you made it fair, like Christensen, in my opinion, has been one of the best centre-backs in the Premier League this season. One of the best, very, very best. I think he doesn't quite fall into the world-class category where the only players I'm putting in there of, in terms of centre-backs, are like Virgil van Dijk and Lucas Hernandez, like Marquinhos, this very rare, rare, rare group of players. But I think... His performances this season and in the Euros have shown that he's that next step below. And at 24, just think of him at 28, 29, how good he could be. Dabala is 28. We know how good he is, and it's fine. I think Dabala would still start for most Premier League teams, though. He's, he's a big name. He, he would walk in a knowledge. Yes, <laughs> that's it. That's if he could walk. Like, I mean, he's he's Dabala is not starting for Man City or Liverpool, and they're the two best teams in the league. But he'd probably start for the other. Whereas I think I think Christensen, Christensen isn't worse than John Stones, is he? John Stones plays for Man City. I mean, not recently. Yeah, but I mean, they've got Laporte. Laporte is a player that I put in that world class category now. By the way, I think Laporte is. Laporte being the best, I think Laporte's went to the next up. I think Diaz has dragged Laporte back up and Laporte's pushed on personally this season. But is that a fair comparison though? Because are Man City not more stacked further upfield yeah, than in defence? Well, I think Man City's defense, Man City got one of the. If you, if you look at their back four of Walker, Diaz, Laporte, and Cancelo, that's got to be. One of, if not the best back fours in the world. I mean, it is okay. Like them in Liverpool, but Liverpool probably missing that second centre back because Matt's very because good. Van Dijk but... has to cover. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, I think when Chelsea played, maybe their their full strength team. If you're looking at Chilwell, Reese James, um, I know that they usually play a three at the back with Rudiger, Christensen, Aspilicueta. It's probably their strongest. Or Thiago Silva. Then yes, they're they're probably the three best defenders in the world. I'm trying to think off the top of my head if there is any better. I don't. I don't think Bayern's is as good, even though they've got Luke Hernandez, who I rate highly as a centre back. Um, PSG's definitely don't. Like, yeah, no. I think I think they are the best teams, and I think Chris Christensen would be Van Dijk's partner at Liverpool. Dybala wouldn't play in Liverpool. No, absolutely not. And he wouldn't play in Man City's team. He'd be one of the roundabout players that Tuchel plays in Chelsea that he get two games and get shipped off in two games and sh- like he'd be one of the, he'd be a Pulisic. Great, let's get Pulisic on a free. Where it, like and again, it's I'm the, sure a lot of people take that. I effect. mean, no, <laughs> very much. <laughs> <worth. laughs> no, but I mean, Pulisic's another sick note, isn't he? So I'd say like the longevity going out of Christensen, the fact that he's playing in a position that's really hard to find good players like. Defending's a bit of a dying art. I think it's been said for the last few years. And to get one that looked like 
I think he's a great character. Like, if you look at how he was playing, which wasn't very good two years ago. In where he is now, I think it shows the mental fortitude. I think he's someone that's clearly at 24. I know he's now 25. Uh, learned a lot. Only that, recently. Too. Only recently. Last year. Um, I, th- I think you can see someone that's clearly grown. And if you're going to get... That, also, that level of experience, like he's... he's Won a Champions League. I don't know if he was in the squad that won the league with Conte or not. I can't remember. I think I think he might have been. Like he's he's been. He's won. He's won. The, I know that Tabal has won leagues. That's fair enough. But he's never won the ultimate prize of the Champions League. Like Serie A in the Champions League. Serie A nowadays in the Champions League. <laughs> On very different levels, as Juventus have proven, how difficult they found it to win it. And he's never really impressed me in the latter halves of the Champions League. Like and. A lot of the times, like Ronaldo and Manzuka together, rarely. Like in against good in the late in the latter the two, half, like time where he scored two goals against Barcelona and knocked him out. Rarely. So yeah, okay. It's just like you said, never. I say, I say that back, but rarely, mm-hmm. rarely does he do anything that that blows me away against a tough opposition. Look, you want someone to bang you two goals against Zenit St. Petersburg? Will you stop being so quiet, Dan? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? I lose my train of thought sometimes when Dan goes off on one because I've been there so many times before. <laughs> How would you like to come um, back all of that? So in terms of, I think it just really depends on the destination for these two players. So Christensen would definitely strengthen, but I feel like Dybala would as well. But Dybala, whenever you make a sign and it's not just the impact on the field, it's off. And... Dybala would sell more shirts, so commercially, the team would do better than Christensen. Would you not think so? Yeah, no, I agree. I just love how you're thinking like a Manchester United chief exec. Like I said. (laughs) (laughs) If you look at Newcastle. Um, And so, in obviously that regard, in terms of player morale, I heard he's a good influence in the dressing room. Um, obviously Pogba played his best football when Dybala was there so he's a miracle worker um, so I think Dybala has that potential I think he just needs like a manager like a Pep or a Klopp like the high top end coaches that can really unlock the potential the only person who's really got close was Allegri and uh, but that was when he played alongside Higuain but Dybala has shown that he is capable of that. His ceiling is really, really high. Obviously, with a free transfer, there is that risk-reward because you don't... There are some that pay off and there's, then there's some that are just looking just to get a contract to make sure they get paid. I feel like if it, if Dybala went to the right team, I think he has more of a chance of getting better if he went to a top-end coach. Depending on Christensen, though, we've seen especially recently, how good he is. But we remember how bad he was. And I think that that was no guarantee that he would go to a team and be still the same Christensen. Might be like, I mean, that's a massive risk. Do you feel as if he'll get the best out of other players around him? Or like more so than Christensen? Because do you know Christensen does so well because recently he's in a back three, kind of the Connor Cody effect where he's good in the back three, not so... I mean, in Denmark, he's got a lot of protection in front of him as well. 
Um, I mean, there is that against him, but I feel like that, I feel like kind of cutting back on that because I am a fan of Christensen. Like, you could put that down to the inexperience of a centre back for how young he is, but there is just that massive risk. Does he need captains on either side of him for him to play well? Because he has Simone Kier next to him in Denmark. Does he need a captain? Like, can he perform well on his own back? I don't think he can. Um, well, I don't think there's any evidence to suggest that he can't. Like, when we've got to think when he was making those mistakes, he was like 23, 23 is a centre back. 23 is a professional footballer. I think we sometimes forget how young that is. I remember I was doing the 23. Um, Would you care to elaborate? Absolutely not. I uh, can't remember half of it. And uh, you should know you were there. Uh, <laughs> I think. Um, but uh, particularly that position, obviously that position and the goalkeeping position are the ones that take the longest to mature and sort of get the longest longevity out of normally. Um, so I think it maybe just takes time to build that presence. But... Even talked earlier on about Nemanja Vidic, he was a number two to Ferdinand. There's a, there is a number one defender and a number two defender. And you need you need your number one and you need a number two. And whether he plays in wise that, words. Into very, very wise. <laughs> been here long enough and you thought. so I think I, I, obviously, he's proven he's playing a three, and that's absolutely fine. I don't, I don't think it matters who he's with because I think he's played with Trevor Shalaban there, played really, really well. He's played with um, is it is a I can't remember the the lad's name. So Saw is that his name? I was going to say Bars, like, no, it's not him. Um, just got a drink on my mind. Uh, so he's played with him, and I think he's played well with him. So I don't think he necessarily fully needs that now. And I actually think he's learned a lot. I think Thiago Silva has helped him immensely being around that sort of personality in, in Rudiger. But every player needs to be around like that. a player like that at some point. Every single great centre-half would have been around a captain, would have been brought up. I don't think we can hold that. Like, it's not like Dybala hasn't been with captains, Benucci and Chiellini and Ronaldo front. At the end talk, of the pitch, though. Yeah, but I mean, there's, I mean, there's a lot far, there's a lot far away. Forty yards away. You try but, shouting, but with a stadium full of fans. Play with Ronaldo, Paolo. <laughs> Paolo. Uh, um, it wouldn't be loud enough, but you'd certainly be talking well beyond the full-time whistle. <laughs> De Paolo will look back at Dan. Like, He's still talking. Yeah, what can I say? Like you bullied us in a silence now. So. That's all we were after. But you have to be fair. Yes, a question. Closed arguments, but let's try and keep it like two or three seconds. Right, so 1920. Oh, right. So, <laughs> no, so I. Paolo de Bala was born in April. <laughs> Christians. Under a new moon. I think I've said all I need to say for a lifetime worth of debates. De Bala's better. Class. I mean, that powerful stuff, I'm, powerful, <laughs> I've got to say. If it was FPL, no. <laughs> oh yeah, Christensen's got more FPL points than Dabala. <laughs> he probably has more fantasy UCL points than yeah. him as well. I think he does. <laughs> he probably does. Christensen has uh, more Premier League goals than Dabala. What more do you want? 
well, round four, strong start, fizzled out in the end. I think we can all agree. But this is where, when this obviously does very well and gets popular, the ads are going to be put in. So I'll see you after <laughs> The crowd has gone silent. The sponsors, they've pulled out. They're livid, to be honest. The chin of Jericho has won it. He's tapped out Aaron in the submission. Well, you know, some people use the crippler cross face. Some people use the chin of Jericho. I literally do just talk people in the submission. I don't I can. I think we're expecting more fanfare, but... Uh... I mean, I can give this to the adoring crowd. I get up. You're probably outside the camera shot. <laughs> Maybe next time I'll get some tinnies. Start smashing them together. Stone Cold style. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's class to be honest, wasn't it? I've been on the edge of my seat only because I've been about to fall off it too many days. <laughs> I also like how you're desperately close to giving that microphone a tip wank. So that's had a great night. Anyway, that's the end of our first main event football fight. Did you enjoy it, Aaron? I did. It uh, was very different to what we yeah. We had normally planned. we agree. That's that's why we did. Yeah. This. We normally agree on everything. So we just had to make sure we get all the disagreement out of our system, so that we can be friends again for the second half of the Champions League. Isn't that right? Yeah, which is coming back shortly. So we will be. I need to take this. Not on my shoulder. It looks ridiculous. Um, yeah. So we will be putting out more podcasts for the start of the Champions League coming up. Uh, we will be going through previews mainly. We'll be going through some team reveals, all that good stuff that you normally here for. We just did this as a bit of fun, and we will be continuing to do this. Usually, when the Champions League isn't on, it'll give us something to do. Uh, if you have any questions that you want us to answer like this, feel free to send them to us on Twitter. We are at UCL Fantasy Pod. You can comment on the videos. Uh, we are on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, all that good stuff wherever you want to listen to, uh, we will be there. Although, I think this episode is probably best on YouTube. But it's too late now. If you listen to Spotify, you're fucked. <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> Good night. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I can't believe it. It's all over. It feels like a mere three hours ago that we started this. But <laughs> I'd like to say, the main event would like to sincerely apologise for the comment that you've just witnessed. Promises of more personal attacks and physical violence in the rematch are forthcoming. Be safe, stay happy.